From a time when the oceans drank Atlantis, there was an age undreamed of. Where gods watched the folly of mortals with indifference, and a dark ancient evil slept, soon to stir. It was then, in that time, when heroes crossed the lands. Come now and let us share a tale of high adventure. Come walk with Conan. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of the Bardic College Presents Conan, 2D20 Modifius Systems, The Devil in the Swamp. I'm Raz, and tonight I'll be your storyteller, and I'm joined by most of our team tonight. We do have one player who will be joining us for the second night of this. It'll be a four-night event, uh, so you will get to listen to exactly, hopefully, eight episodes of the show. Um, and if the team is going to be on a quick-paced mission, but we're here to demonstrate sort of how the 2D20 system works and give you a chance to look into the world of Conan, written by Robert E. Howard, uh, something that I've been wanting to do since I was about 10 years old, is play a really just totally Conan-type adventure. So I'm looking very forward to this. Let me introduce you to my players, because I'm super honored to have them with us here tonight. First, we have Lauren. Lauren is playing a priestess of Ishtar named Ashai. Stati, why don't you tell us a little bit about Ashai and some background information about her, like how she got here? Just a brief overview. Well, thank you very much for having me, uh, Keeper. I know how excited you've been to bring this story uh, to our dear listeners. And as someone who I've warmed to the Conanverse in the past couple of months, so I'm uh, very excited as well. So Ashai, uh, the idea for her literally came through testing the character building system. So this entire character was randomly generated and a wonderful backstory came because of it. So Ashai is a priestess of the great goddess Ishtar um, in the city of Shadazar in Zamora. And her backstory is essentially, she's she comes from a line of priests and priestesses of Ishtar. And she was born under an auspicious sign. The stars were perfectly in alignment. There was a two-headed cow that was born and a beautiful child came into the world bearing all the signs of the secret scrolls of the feminine which are sacred ishtarian texts and ashai was brought up with you know every luxury every you know all access to the education everything the temple could provide because she is this auspicious child fated to become high priestess that's really excellent. Yeah, she was a lot of fun to roll up. And uh, exactly. it was just, it was wild to watch you do her because uh, as you were rolling it up and we were going through, you know, graph after graph or chart after chart, table after table, um, you kept, I, I kept watching your eyes go, oh, I know what I'm going to do with that. Oh, I can't wait to do that. And it really turned into something pretty special. So Ashai is going to be uh, kicking off the Devil in the Swamp campaign with leading the dawn ceremony tomorrow in the, in, in the world of, in the city of Shadazar by uh, this three-day festival of Ishtar called the Festival of the Huntress. And we'll get into more of that later, but it's definitely going to make her um, a pivotal character, which is kind of fun because we're actually having someone who this festival is everything she's been training to do for 20 years. And it's going to be so much fun to see where it goes with that. So thank you for playing her. It's going to be very cool. I'm very excited. 
Uh, next we have Mike, and Mike is also it plays in our uh, Hellfire Knights campaign as Dr. Horatio Jackal. He's here joining us to play Mike. Go ahead and give me his name because I don't want to mess up the Hyperborean last name that you've created for this gentleman. Uh, it's actually Stygian, the last name. Oh, oh there you go. Even um, worse for me. Sorry, but sorry about that. Is, uh, is Teti Malamik. As, Malamik. As, as I can say it properly. Um, <laughs> he is Hyperborean by birth. Uh, so you're, you're partly right there. Um, but he was born a Hyperborean. Uh, as the Hyperboreans are wont to do, they sold him as a child slave, though, to a Stygian alchemist. Uh, mostly because he was small and he was quiet and he was good at getting things. And kind of behind his master's back, he learned the art of alchemy until one thing led to another and he found himself um, masterless, let's say. Uh, and he basically went out into the world, getting as far away from Stygia as he could because they don't treat former slaves very well there. And uh, makes his way now as a very, very tanned uh, Hyperborean uh, traveling alchemist, selling everything from fireworks for festivals to medical tonics to anything that is in demand. <laughs> Papa, Papa was a man in a traveling show, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> from, from Cher. <laughs> Gypsies, tramps, and thieves, but a little bit different for, uh, for Teddy. So I, I, we'll go back to a shy for this, but describe Teddy for the listeners at home. What, what are they, when they hear Teddy's voice, what are they going to envision? So in my mind, I'm, I'm a huge Conan fan. I've been reading Conan ever since I was a little kid. And to me, partly because of the Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, partly just because of how I've always envisioned it, the areas around Hyperborea would be more akin to modern day Russia. So even though if you look at Teddy, he's going to be in like the turban and the, the silk robes that you might expect to see uh, Stygian in, he is going to sound very much like he still retains much of tongue from motherland Hyperborea. <laughs> so he's... He's going to be a little bit of uh, off-putting. Okay. I, I think anyway. I don't know. If I saw somebody who looked like he was from Scotland and started talking in a South Jersey accent, it might throw me off a little. <laughs> That's great. Okay. And also tonight we have um, a friend of mine who we've featured recently on one of the Bardic College behind the GM screens. Um, he, I've met him several years ago at Origins and was immediately taken back by how wonderful of a, of a coordinator and just very welcoming he was. Uh, at the time when I got a chance to meet him, and I've been, we've been trying to get together for probably about two years to do something together uh, as a project, and this kind of made it, this kind of worked for us time wise. Is is Matt? Matt, thanks for coming on. Oh, my pleasure. Absolutely, my pleasure. So much fun. Thank you for the kind words. Absolutely. Oh no, not a problem. I mean, it's 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 all true because I don't pay you, and <laughs> I need you here. So <laughs> no, no, it's. Uh, you've you know of all the people i met out there you're really one of the few that i i stayed in contact with through this whole thing and we check it's funny we even check on each other sometimes like hey are you, are you just okay like everything good and Buddy, uh yeah you know friendships yeah yeah friendships don't have to be you know down the road it's it's very nice so let's hear a little bit about your choice for uh conan which is um rana the quick Yes, Ron the Quick. Uh, this is a little bit like Oshai's character. Uh, I just started randomly rolling the beginning, and it kind of flows into a character. And I started to envision a character 
uh, as I was rolling it. And uh, like all GMs, if I don't come up with a good idea, I steal it. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, as I was playing and setting up Ron Quick, she first started look, looking like a merchant. And I was like, well, merchants are okay, but how can I make this more interesting? And I was like, well, one of my favorite characters in the Bulgarian was Silk, or otherwise known as Ambar Kotu, or Jandar, I think it's Jandar or something like that. Um, who was who was basically a spy? Came from a came from a family of spies. The whole noble noble family basically was was spies, and uh, was like one of the best in the biz. So I was like, well, yeah, this makes sense. It's a, uh, this character's very fast, very quick witted. Uh, able to you know get herself into or out of a situation pretty pretty quickly, uh, so I'm thinking you know running a quick sounds good. She you know she has good gift for gab and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I started started to set her up as like a a merchant uh, slash uh, spy. Basically, the merchant is like her cover. Great. So could you describe Rana for us a little bit? Uh, the, the, she's Turanian, uh, which is a lot like the Turks back in the, back in the day. Uh, Correct. With, a, yep. with, with, uh, the, uh, the knotted type turban and the flowing silks and all that kind of a stuff. So you can imagine that, uh, a lot like, I, I, and, and they're also like a very, uh, like horse-like group, kind of like the cons, I feel like. Uh, okay. When I start hearing, when I start reading up more and more on the trainings, because mm-hmm. so, I read a lot, uh, started going back through the uh, some of the some of the older stories that had to deal with different different uh, trainings and Conan. Because yeah, I go back to the old Savage Sword uh, uh, comics too. I think it was about as close as a twelve year old boy can get sex in front of his parents. Is reading yeah. a Conan comic. <laughs> That's true. That is very true. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, so I, I love those uh, love those uh, comics, and I, and I love the the Turanian because I I see her. Yeah, you know, she's she's fairly attractive. Again, she has she is able to talk to people, and she's just uh, just lightning quick. So I think it, it kind of all worked. Yeah, but that's fine. No, that sounds great, and I'll edit all that out. No problem. All right. Um, a shy. I'm Lauren. Uh, I forgot to ask you. What does uh. What does a shy look like to us? Because she's, it's pretty important. Her looks have to be, I mean, she's a priestess of Ishtar. She has to be fairly well kitted out. What do, describe her to us, please. Yep. Uh, so something that's, I personally think is really great about the Conan system. And this isn't meant to like promote vanity, but you can just pick what you look like. You don't have to spend points for appearance. So yeah, no charisma I, yet. Yep. No, exactly. So I, uh, my father's the storyteller. I looked at him and I said, can I be like a supermodel? And he went, yeah. <laughs> so there we are. Um, I literally want her to be, if I wanted her to be ethereally pretty, but have it make sense for the story, which it does. So about five foot eight, curvy. She's Zamorian, but also has this um, ancient lineage. So she doesn't look typically Zamorian. Right. So she's a bit more fair skin, but still like olive toned, hazel eyes, whereas other Zamorans would be, you know, have darker eyes, long, uh, wavy dark hair, and she's typically dressed, not wearing a lot. It's hot go. out. Why hide the female form? Mm-hmm. As a representative of the goddess Ishtar, 
I celebrate the female form, and you should celebrate it too by looking at mine. It's rather nice. <laughs> um, you know, she's fully kitted out, jewelry, you know, scarf to pull her hair back. I, I'm excited that I didn't have to spend a really good, like, if I roll a 75 and call Cthulhu, it's like, damn it, that's got to go in appearance. <laughs> <laughs> but now, I can just say I look like Kendall Jenner. It's awesome. Yeah, but the 75 appear- appearance in Pulp Cthulhu probably works for some advantage, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> Not really. I, I'll talk like, to John Schooley, because John Schooley is constantly doing that. I um, char- I try to charm the shag off. All right, go ahead, Or in d I am the most beautiful elf that has ever been born. Yeah, that eight you got in charisma says otherwise, buddy. <laughs> says that you're not right there. That's Catherine Ross from Call of Cthulhu. Um, my, possibly my favorite character I've ever role-played. A, a rather nice-to-look-at person. She's kind of a bitch. <laughs> so we join, we start this with, it's the day before the festival. Uh, actually, it's closing in on evening. Uh, Shadazar, the city, the wicked city, it is known in the Hyborian world, draws all kinds of elements from the surrounding countries, especially for this festival that happens only once a decade. Ashai has been incredibly busy preparing for this festival for the last two years. And during this festival, listeners, what's going to happen is picture this ancient city almost like something um, that you would have saw in ancient Iraq or Mesopotamia. Beautiful, just large buildings, arches, very Alhambra-esque almost in the architecture because Howard blended a lot of different cultures in to make things happen the way they do. But the city of Shadazar is one of the wonders of, of the ancient world. It has thieves' guilds and brothels and all the things ishtar is this massive goddess but this particular festival is so super and is so special and sacred because for the next three days starting tomorrow in our game we're the day before we're going to start but tomorrow all women of the age 15 and over are stripped of the yoke of motherhood working servants anything all women are allowed to get rid of their yoke and basically take to the city as if they were men. Um, it is a festival of being feminine and female and the huntress. So they can, adultery is no longer punishable by, you know, by imprisonment or death. They can do what they want, drink what they want, be what they want for three straight days. And women bear such a, a, a heavy burden during these ancient periods of raising the family and having to support children when pet, when fathers die, when they're off at war, that this gives them a chance to at least several times in their lives live life to the fullest. So Shadazar is literally swelling with foreigners and locals who have come in, but just there's almost no place to sleep. I mean, people are sleeping on rooftops at this point just to be inside the city to witness the spectacle of tomorrow morning's commencement of the festival of the Huntress. But as I said, we start the day before. It had been a warm and sunny day in June the of our current calendar. Uh, so it would be a summer, an early summer month. So it's not too hot. And Ashai has been overseeing you know, all the decorations in the city and the avenues have been cleaned and all these things have been going on. And Ashai, the one of the final things she's been working on diligently over the last two weeks is selling the stalls and renting the stalls out that have been put up and erected all over the city, not just in the merchant's quarter, for p- incoming 
merchants to peddle their wares. And it's late on the day before the festival. It's it's closing near dusk. And Ashai was meeting with this tall, you know, fairly bronzed gentleman with a with a strange foreign accent who claimed and appeared to be, in all intents and purposes, an alchemist. Uh, she was speaking with him about getting a stall rented. He gave her some information on himself. She had just about to sign the paperwork and charge him the small leasing fee uh, for his stall when a female supplicant of Ishtar, one of the uh, acolytes, came running up, whispered into her ear, and Ashai said to this, this stranger, do you know how to brew poison? And he had confirmed that he did. And the two of them together, she said, follow me. And the two of them together made their way to the house of coin for what's about to happen now. So the two of you are outside the house of coin. The guards are there. Teddy, you were with Ashai. And she explains to you along the way what's going on, I guess. So Ashai, do you want to do that as we approach the doors to the house of coin? Yes. Um, Thank you uh, once more for accompanying me, uh, my good alchemist. Uh, your services may be required this evening. One of my acolytes has told me that a young woman has called upon the name of the goddess and seeks her protection. The girl somehow, she must be educated, for she knew that Ishtar's face, the, the heavens have moved and Ishtar looks upon us in preparation for the festival. And she sees everything. Her name has been invoked. And I'm going to go and hear her story. Someone has been murdered. And we're going to determine whether we are to protect this girl and take her under the temple's protection, or if she is in fact um, guilty, and we will need to bring justice down upon her. Any way that these humble servants can be of assistance is at your whim. All you need do is ask, and I shall prepare whatever is requested. Wonderful, thank you. She sees your humility and thanks you. You will be rewarded. Let us continue into the House of Coin. And Teddy will follow behind, hands tucked in the sleeves of his robes, just not saying much, just following along going with the flow you got it so the that. two the two guards are dressed in standard gear of the zamorans um sort of a persian-esque look to the armor and styles uh that were that they wear helmets have a small point on the top uh you know that, that comes to a, a like a, a sharp needle obviously any guards stationed outside the the house of coin are amazingly well-dressed. The building itself is three tiers high, three stories high, overlooks a large portion of the city on a small hill. Grounds are secured. There are at least another 10 or 15 guards on the walls and and in various, you know, watchtowers in this courtyard. The courtyard is about 70 feet from its entrance gate to the actual house itself of coin. Um, Rumors are there's no money here. The money is kept elsewhere, but this is the per- the the um, the person who is in charge of the treasury himself, and um, or and his title is Pasha of Coin. So he sits inside and lives in this magnificent building. It is deemed the king decides, you know, who runs 
the coin for Shadazar. And this man was elected several years ago or announced by the king. And you approach the building and these large gilded doors stand in front of you. The guards recognize you as shy. Look at the person with you, kind of give them a once over and uh, crack the door open for you and let you in. When you enter, there's a ginormous, it's just massive water feature of this fountain that's also three tiers, beautiful black marble with white veins in it. And uh, you see some servants scurrying around. Um, and one of the f- persons that immediately approaches you dressed in robes himself is someone who you've met before in dealing with the festival. He's a scribe to the Pasha, and his name is Jaku. And he walks up and says, Priestess, it is so good for you to come on such short notice. We have had a terrible thing, event. Please, if you would follow me, both of you, please. And he bows deeply. I don't say much. Um, this, the way that uh, Ashai operates is I'm in like survey mode. I'm in, these is, this is my, this is a priestess duty that I'm doing. I have to, you know, there's that veneer of, yes, there's a solemnity there. As you make your way past the fountain, there's this beautiful marble staircase and it swoops the entire the inside of the of the house of coin and it goes up one level and then keeps continuing up around the entire circle of the building to the third um and he he's you know making his way up the stairs and he he says it's it's the most terrible situation um Tsuto was was being entertained in his chambers and suddenly suddenly murdered but the guards did we believe we've arrested the culprit but she evoked the name of the lady and we know the laws priestess we know that we are not to affect any women once the goddess's face has entered into the house you know it's zenith we 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 know not to do this but calamity has befallen the house of coin calamity i tell you be at peace jaku i am here i will attend to this matter and we will see what this young woman has to say. You were right not to lay any hands on a woman who invokes the name of the goddess. We will hear her words, and if we find her to be false, if she has invoked the huntress's name without just cause, trust that we will lead her to the sword with as much expediency as you would. Huh. Our gods were... We're very hard to hold back, of course. He's a little out of breath by the time he's up past the second level and climbing even higher. These stairs probably swoop around about 80 feet from, you know, a point where you hit a foyer to go off to the second floor and then have to climb all the way around again to the third tier of the house where the private chambers are of Tezuto. He's he's walking up. Servants come running down, one carrying a vat of, you know, a pitcher of wine in this massively gold decanter. They go running out and all this stuff is going on. There's, there's definitely commotion. Lights are the whole place is lit up in the in the hours. So you you make your way up and you come down a long hall. It's it's beautifully laid in with it, uh, the tiles are all inlaid tiles on the floor. It just gives this almost architecturally very similar to like a mosque in in how ornate everything is and how beautifully laid out the the floors are and the walls. And he brings you down a hallway that extends about 70 feet and it, there's a door, both doors are thrown wide open and you come into this lavish 
beautiful room with a door leading off to the the west wall and sitting on a divan chained up and tied up is a, a woman tied up i'm basically just wearing silks i'm deciding i mean i don't know if i would have come armed i'm basically you know my true purpose wasn't really to hurt anybody i was just kind of gathering information so I, i'm kind of deciding if i didn't kind of disguise myself as one of the girls or not i don't know well, it's up to you. How would you have, you can make that decision? Yeah, I'm thinking I would have disguised disguise myself as one of the girls in the hallway, and then try to try to maybe sneak in amongst the the pile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, <laughs> the entertainment. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and and you know, and see if I see how talkative they that person would have been. Uh, so yeah, I'm probably wearing barely you know barely. Uh, opaque silks <laughs> okay which is very common especially especially shadows are i mean uh decency among beautiful women and men uh, and don't really hold a place in shadows as well as some of the other ports of zamora the uh, portions of zamora so uh ashai you and teddy walk in together uh and you see a young girl very very pretty uh dressed in what would be silks that could be anywhere from an entertainer, a dancer, a singer, something like that, all the way up to a more professional in you know kind of lifestyle. And she's there tied up and looks a little bit disheveled. Uh, they weren't overly gentle tying her up, but they also didn't harm her. So, Does she look Zamoran? Yes. She looks like she could definitely be some, you know, from this part of the world. Okay. Forgive me going to, um, I greet her. Mm-hmm. First of all, what is the, is Aqualonian like the common language? No. Common is common for the most part. Okay. You speak, you speak Zamoran and Aqualonian. Okay. Aqualonian is considered a high language as well. Yeah. Gotcha. I was just trying to see like, okay, are you supposed to be here? That type of thing. Um, yeah. You can ask her in Zamoran. Um, I greet her in uh, traditional Zamorin. Okay. Um, you've called upon uh, the great goddess daughter. Uh, tell me, um, how came you to be here? And you're, uh, she's still chained? She's tied up, yes. I snap my fingers imperiously and I motion for a guard, like, excuse me, untie this woman. She's wearing nothing but, wearing nothing but silk, excuse me. What is she going to do? The guard uh, says, "Priestess, she's very fast. I, I, I it, she wiggled out of my hands twice before I had to. I wouldn't have done this during the great festival of the mother, but she doesn't want to sit still." Tell me your name. And I greet back in a uh, very fluent Zamorin. Uh, as uh, back back to you, and I, and I describe myself as Rana. She says, I am a, a mere servant girl lady. I I was here to uh, help entertain uh, Tezuda. He said, uh, she said, I, I, I came here uh, a little late after the girls, uh, the other girls were here before. And uh, I, I had heard a, heard a scream. And I basically just tell her everything I had seen. I have nothing to hold back. It's, I'm not going to, I don't have anything involved. In, I don't have the whiteness as far as I'm concerned. So I, I, I saw the I saw saw I saw his attacker. Chisuto, the is the body still in the room? Covered over with a with a fine drapery. 
Teddy, if you want to start maybe uh, going over to the body, if you want permission for that, you could look him over. They're speaking in a language I don't speak right now, so I'm just standing back observing. <laughs> Teddy is wondering, why are we speaking? What is this language and is it Heisemore? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I was just basically just kind of telling her so, the story, you know, and I'd see, seen the person and I was grabbed by this rather unpleasant person and told I was to... Uh, wait for the uh, the priestess of Istar and I, you know, I guess I got to kind of twirl my, my hair, my finger in my hair. And I, you know, it's kind of, are you, are you the high priestess? So, so you claim to have seen the attacker and you heard a scream and instead of calling a guard ran towards the room. Well, yes. I wanted to see if there was anything I could do. I didn't see any guards about. Very lack security I have in this place. Security enough. You've been, you've been detained. Uh, Shy, you see that uh, the person you brought with you is yeah. absolutely oblivious to what you're. Do you switch over to regular common? I I do. Now that you know that she's I, got Zamorin background or something. Okay. Now so that Teddy, I know that she's um, Zamorin, I see the body covered up. Um, my good alchemist, um, remind me of your name again. It 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 was beautiful and rolled off the tongue. Yes, priestess. My name, if it pleases you. You may call me Teddy. It's much shorter than trying to get the whole thing out of mouth. Oh, thank A foreign you. tongue, Teddy, is much easier. I kind of little, little girl squeal out, Teddy. Quite. So is this one that is needing special concoction? What's he, what's he making? Uh, worry not. My good alchemist, if... Are you... I point to the body. Perhaps uh, you're an educated man. Perhaps you could offer some insight into... How this man was killed? The acts of making a person no longer alive are not my speciality, but I shall endeavor to please you. And so Teddy will go over and uh, try to examine the body to the best of his meager abilities. Go ahead and you can either, you can give me a roll for successes on this. So under... First, under either healing or alchemy, because something there is some things on the body to be defined, to be just you know to be seen. So you pull back the cloth. One of the guards is like, "Princess, what, what is he doing? That is that is Tsuto. He should not be touching him." I need uh, four successes. You said no, 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 no. It's it's a very oh. simple success. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Then I'll use I'll use uh, alchemy for that. Then okay. Yeah. Go ahead and roll. But here you see the guard stepping towards you, uh, Mike, and he's he's kind of. Brand, you know, put his hand on his weapon and like his sword, and he's, he, which is almost like a tall war, very scimitar looking. And he puts his hand there and says, "Do not touch that body." Now that it is somebody who is not the priestess who is addressing him, uh, dog, remove your hand from that tool. <laughs> your mistress has given an order to this one, and it shall be followed. I like him. He says, "Priestess, the chamberlain will not be pleased." For the next three days, the Chamberlain exists to please me and all who share my gender. I was—I have been called. I oversee more in this city than mere festivals, as you know. I'm hearing this young woman's story, and part of her story is that dead body who was once Tosuto on the floor. Mm. It's not him now. My alchemist will treat him with respect, but I am not versed in medicine, science of that nature. I require knowledge. The Hyperborean alchemist will 
assist. Teddy, proceed. He steps back. That's good enough. All right, so Teddy will pull the cloth back and uh, start trying to ascertain what he can from the body. You rolled, uh, uh, so the total roll was a 9 and a 15. You were looking for a 13 in alchemy, so you did get one success. You only need, it. the the signs were a 1 was more than sufficient. You got it. Uh, 1 was what we were looking for. So you do see that he was stabbed, and he was stabbed in the, in you know, from behind in the kidneys. But there's definitely, um, a f- to the wound, uh, it appears to be as if it's um, been poisoned. There's, there's, there's already... Is there any way that I can try and identify what the poison is? You already the team already starts with four momentum and the, the beginning of the story. You everybody brings one, and Baracus is also going to be here soon. So you have four momentum. You are going to need three successes to identify the poison. Ooh. Ooh. So you can burn some momentum. Mm-hmm. You can to add another d twenty, and then just roll as many d twenties as you need for the skill, or you can just go with the two dice and hope you get it. Because, you, you know, if you roll under your focus, you'll make that. And I am pretty good at alchemy. Um, I feel like we shouldn't be burning it this early, but I'm going to burn one momentum. To okay. Go for it. So you roll. So when you change, Mike, when the roll comes up, you're going to say you're going to roll three dice. Okay. I was just going to manually do it, but we can do it that way, too. So you have a complication. Oh, no. So, Yes. So you do have a success, but a complication. So as you're checking out the body and looking at this poison, it's, it's, it's eluding you. You're having a hard time footsteps falling from outside and in comes a man in long flowing black robes, um, which is beautiful silks and this massive gold chain and a shy, what is going on here? Who is this man? And why is he touching Tasuto's body? The Bash has walked in, Lauren. The actual Chamberlain to the king. Okay. This this man has addressed me by my given name. Oh yes. That is, um excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. The complication was Mike's, but it affected everybody. Bashor has walked into the room. Okay. Well, he's about to walk out of the room. <laughs> well, he let me, he so he's about five foot seven. He's not overly imp- uh, tall. Okay. His, impo- his imposing part is the medallion around his neck and the fact that he has people beheaded at will all the time. Like He is the voice of King Hardranar inside the city of Shadazar. This is the highest ranking representative you can have. Right. Besides the king. Yeah. And his name again once more? Bashor. Bashor. So Teddy is squatting over the body. Tsuto is all kind of convulsed up, tightened up, like, you know, rigored from the poison. He was looking at the wound, and here comes this man walking in, and he sees this girl tied up still because the guard hasn't yet released her. You standing over them, and he calls you out. Ah, Bashor. How kind to see you. The the gentleman leaning over Tsuto's body is in the service of me, the service of Ishtar. We've her name has been invoked, and he and I were brought to listen to this young woman's story. You claim not to have killed him? This is true, my lady. She claims not to have killed him, and the priest and the great goddess's name has been invoked, and your guards have laid hands upon her, which I am less than pleased about. We'll be out of your we'll be out of the house of coins soon. The fact that you were summoned to the House of Coins is a sham. 
The goddess Ishtar does not protect killers. This woman should be taken away immediately and, and sent to the torture for questioning. I tolerate enough of you priestesses, but the city is still under our control. You know better than this. You are, you are pushing your power far too much during this time of this festival. Ishtar's face is in the sky, Bashur. She rules the city for the next three days, as you well know. And as her voice, I suggest you calm yourself and let me do my work. We are only ascertaining if this woman did, in fact, kill him. If she did, as I've told the scribe that let us into the room, I'll kill her myself. She'll be put to the sword. Ishtar is a goddess of war and beauty, as you know. He looks at you and says, This is an outrage. An outrage! But you, sir, what have you seen? What have you found? Cur that you are, I do not even know you. You do not belong part of this the royal entourage. You are not one of our, our court healers. Who are you? This one is known as Teddy. And what I have discovered so far, Your Excellency, is that this poor man here has been killed with a knife laced in poison. I was in the midst of trying to ascertain which poison, but my concentration, it has been broken and I am afraid that any thoughts that had been entering my mind have flitted away, like so many leaves on the wind. So you're a simpleton. No. The alchemist is a most learned man whose focus has been taken from his most important task by you, barging into the room, screaming like a hound from hell. He takes a step back. He says, well... I think we've already found our if you think through it, by your own man's mouth. By his own admission, it was poison. Poison is a woman's weapon. We should take her away. The girl claims she was here as a dancer, as an entertainer. Oh! As someone who's been to the temple, under cover of night, for sure, to take pleasure in our sacred whores, please, leave that word from your mouth. Ugh. <sighs> Goddess, forgive me for saying it in front of you, priestess. He walks over to Rana and he just stands, Rana, he's standing over you and he looks, he leans down and he definitely gives off a, a, a presence. There's something about this guy. And he leans in and he says, if you just confess, I promise you, you'll never feel any pain. But lie to me, girl, and I will make sure that the most exquisite throes of agony consume you. Just look at him like, promises, promises. <laughs> wow, that's cold. <laughs> Rana, okay. go ahead and make me a willpower roll. <laughs> promises, promises. That's pretty cold-blooded. I mean, if you can pull that off. In Stygia camps, we call that threatening me with good time. Oh, would that be discipline or okay? Uh, yeah, discipline's okay. You can so do that. Two, two dice? I got one! I dog. Uh, let, let me see if it's it, what it came up as. So you rolled... One. What's your focus on that skill? Oh, oh, okay, you rolled a two. Uh, all right, so you got one success. So you're mm-hmm. a little intimidated by him. He definitely... You definitely believe that he could have you tortured. I'm not letting him know that, though. It's pretty yeah. obvious. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but you're, you're trying to keep your cool. So he he stands back. He says, fine, finish your investigation. And he walks over 
and opens up the other doors and steps out for a minute. Uh, so the three of you see him leave this chamber to an adjoining room, and a quick glance lets every one of you know that it's an it's the office of Chizuto. And you see him, a shy, rummaging through the desk, looking for something. Uh, in the meantime, you can continue your investigation. Right, girl. Rana. Tell me all. Rana. Rana. Absolutely. She's not used to being interrupted, and she's been interrupted several sure. times this Base, evening. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, Lauren, you're getting... Uh, Shai's definitely reading. I'm sure Teddy sees it, too. A little bit more confident than a standard serving girl, maybe. Yeah. I'm I'm getting that vibe. It's like... Listen. Um, also, would, would, a common ser- would, would a common serving girl, like, know to invoke the name of a goddess? Or would she just panic and cry? Also, why are you running toward the, bo- the room with the dead body in it, yelling? Uh, so, I... I have questions. You said you're here as entertainment. Um, what entertainment were you providing? Uh, do you belong to a guild? Tell me everything and tell me true. There are pieces of your story that are missing, I'm sure. But now that the the angry, robed man has left the room, we could speak in Zamorin if you wish, if you don't wish my alchemist um, to know. So just between us girls... And uh, uh, Roz, I kind of need your guidance on this of how much do I really tell her? I mean, yeah, I was sent here to kind of spy on this guy, but not do any harm. I mean, how much trouble am I really in by spilling beans? You've you're you know, as a spy, you know, that getting caught is 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 never good. Right now, you you need this woman's protection. Whether or not you want to say what you're doing specifically here, that's entirely up to you how much you want to trust. You know, maybe as as the pressure mounts, you may want to give up more or less. It, it maybe being up front right now changes the, your fate. Whereas she wants she wants to believe you wholeheartedly. It's that conversation of, oh my god, do I do I spill my guts or do I hold? Yeah, you're. You, I mean, you've been captured right now, exactly. but for a murder, you didn't. I would commit. rather I'd rather be punished for spying than than murder. I I get the feeling. Yeah, I throw myself on the mercy kind of deal. So, okay, so go ahead. You let her know. So yeah, uh, and and uh, yeah. So then I would yeah I would kind of throw myself at her feet and and, and say oh, oh great Ashai, uh, great great priestess of Ishtar. So uh, I I must tell you true. I, I I see your wisdom. I see your insight. I I cannot I cannot deceive you any longer. I did not come to hurt this man. Said I. I came actually to simply yes provide inter- uh entertainment, but then also to glean any information I might be able to from this man. Uh, for my client, uh, who I really can't name <laughs> at this time, uh, but I was here un- un- under you know no cause of harm, and uh, again I heard the scream outside when I when I had come to the door. So I had heard I had heard you know the 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 sounds of pleasurable lovemaking before between him and the the girls who were in here before, and uh, so I had given him time to uh, to to have his have his uh, entertainment. And plan to uh, to sneak in and, and sort of talk to him while he slept to see what sort of information he would have uh, for me. Uh, when I heard the scream, and then when I heard the scream, I knew someone was in danger, so I did burst open the door to see if there's any aid I could t- to to them. And then when I opened the door, I saw uh, the dead body of uh, of Tisur and in one of the the girls, and uh, and then I saw this dark robed figure wearing a gold mask with a uh, a rather haunting expression. And I do admit that I was stunned by by the sight of, of what it, what I had seen. 
uh, when uh, he had vaulted over the balcony and, and escaped before I can can make a move towards him to uh, to stop him. And uh, by the time I I gotten my senses back together, one of the uh, the guards had grabbed me. Was this all just said in common? Yeah, we'll say it was in common. But actually, Matt, you did you want to relate? You you is the more doesn't matter. The guards would understand it, so yeah, let's make it, we'll make it in so common, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. As, yep. as this is all being said, uh, Teddy will recover the body with as much delicacy as he can. Yeah, and Teddy, uh, Teddy, would you also make me an observation role when you get a chance? Sure. Uh, and he'll also start walking back over towards the Duvon that. Uh, uh, Rona is tied up on and he's got his arms back in his sleeves again. Okay. So an observation roll. So you, as you stand up and you cover the body, there's a quick glance through the doorway. I want to see if you pick up what's going on in there. Oof. Oh, so he rolls a zero and 11 and a 19 doesn't get it. Okay. So your observation skill didn't kick in on that one. Uh, you just see him still, he's sitting now. Uh, Bashor is sitting at Tsuto's desk and he's going through the, you know, what is this? But you don't see any. It just looks like somebody looking for a quill or an inkwell. You're not sure what he's looking for, but he's definitely agitated uh, when he's looking. Like he's getting more frustrated as time goes on. As you may, as you cover the body and then make your way over to this beautiful satiny divan that's done in this beautiful light blue uh, silky fabrics with, of course, a thousand throw pillows all over the room. And was there any indication? While I'm covering the body up, was there any indication that he fell where he was stabbed or was he moved? Like, is there like a, a, blood, a blood trail or anything? So he got hit and hit the, he got stabbed about where he was, which is about 15 feet from his, from the large bed. It's a, a round bed off the corner. Think Austin Powers without the rotation. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Yeah, baby. <laughs> oh, someone actually said, yeah, baby, before me. So we'll get you another momentum for that. All right. We're going to put that in the pool. So you're back to four, guys. So that's good. Wow. Well, listen, I'm I'm, I'm feeling generous. This is Conan. As long <laughs> as, you know, that works. Oh, man. So, yes. Yeah, so you sit down. So, Ashai, you've heard this massive confession that she was here for information uh, from the Master of Coin. Do you have any questions about that? Or where do you want to take it? Absolutely, I have questions. <laughs> There's a lot of questions. There are so many. Um, Rana, you've openly admitted that you were not here to entertain Tosuto, as you first told me. You've admitted that you were here to gather information on him, that you meant to sneak into this chamber. What in... You, you have a client whose name you will not give me, and you invoke the name of my goddess to protect you when you admitted you were here for a nefarious means. Do you see why I'm having some difficulty? Historia's goddess of the hunt, is she not? You speak of my goddess to me, yes. Was not the hunt for information worthy as well? Oh. Nice. That was interesting. Hmm. It is a hunt. I will give you that. You've also killed a man in my city. You hear footsteps, there's, Lord. There's no evidence of this. I, I've killed no one. There's also no evidence saying knife? you didn't. Well, that actually brings up an interesting question. There is 
in office right behind us in between where we currently sit in the deceased. From where Bati fell, I believe that he was struck where he fell, was not moved, which means that the weapon itself must have been moved. If done in haste, hiding in a cluttered office may make perfect sense. So, the office. Yeah, you can search, you can search there. Bashor is, Bashor is standing in between the two and he's holding a scroll. That can't be good. Well, he took it from the desk. And he says, he's just standing there looking at you and says, what have you discovered? Because he didn't hear Rana's plea. That was pretty, that was done with just the people in the room. But his guard, one of his guards, the, uh, the, the guard that found and captured Rana is in the room. That's the only other person besides you, yourself, and Teddy that have heard Rana's admission. The other guards have been posted at this door and they went with him and two others went with him into the office. So right now, the only, the only witness to Rana's plea is a guard, but he hasn't, he's not moving or saying anything yet. So Bashor is standing there looking at you and goes, well, what have you learned? I'm sure the girl would repeat her story. Oh, man. Really? I'm not about to stick my neck out on the line. You haven't given me a reason to yet. And it's not Teddy's place to speak. Yeah, you you, you threw the cake yeah. boss on that one. Um, so, uh, Rana, you, you have a choice. If you want Rana to try to paint it in a different mode, uh, that's up to you whether you back that. You know, like, Rana, you may want to make a different play. But you can, you know, other people have heard it now. So you have to figure out what you want to do there. Moral quandary so soon. I guess I'm trying to spin it in the best way I possibly can. In, the, in that, yes, I did not kill this man. Yes, I, yeah, I was, I was here to gain information from him. But I was not here to kill him. And again, you know, I focus on the fact that he does have a knife wound. There's no knife on me. <laughs> you know, uh. And stuff like that. You know, I basically just kind of spend the best I can. Do I need to make a, like a persuade roll or what am, what am I trying to do? Why don't you go ahead and make a persuade roll and we'll see if they believe at least that you didn't cause him physical harm. That's that, probably yeah, the most that, important yeah, part of your point, conversation. Yeah, I'd rather right be yeah, in prison for, for espionage rather than killing someone. So a standard success, um, a challenging success is considered two. We, you're going to need at least okay. two successes on this. And I can declare this uh, to spend momentum after a roll, right? Yeah, you know what? I I don't. You know what? I've always read it as before, but I guess that's okay. Okay, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna take my initial roll and see how I do. Okay. Oh no! Negative. Negative. Yeah. So you still need two successes. Okay, you want to burn the two momentum? momentum? Right? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, all you got. So and we're at four. I'm hoping You have a fate you have a fate point. We could also you could also burn that. Sure. I'll let you do I'll a reroll. Well wait a minute, hang on. I think I've got I think Fortune I've got points. something that lets me Oh, a skill that allows you to reroll yeah, persuade. Agility. No, sorry. Man, I hate to blow a fate point already too. Yeah, fortune, yeah. But it's you know, it's like you see this is either be dragged away as a murderer. Or be you know co- you know dealt with as a yeah a spy uh, yeah I'll try a fate point does that count just as one so you get you can three roll the whole thing I'll, I'll spend my yeah because this is truly my fate I've kind of got myself got myself painted into a corner here so I'll try that ah there we go now we're talking about it boom all right nice roll. Nice rolls. Uh, so if anybody highlights over the two, 
Um, you can actually see, I believe it shows you what he rolled a five and a nine. So on roll 20, that that's a, that's one of the ways you do it in Conan. Uh, you made two successes. So Bashor, Bush, you see Bashor's eyes. All of you kind of make that, that he kind of clicked for a second and believe she didn't do it. And he walks over and he says, a spy. We have many nations that would love to bring Zamora to heal. Who do you work for? Uh, she goes, actually, actually, I'm working through a third party. I, I don't know if that works. That's a sad situation for you, because I need to know. As the chamberlain to the king and representative of the city, I am tasked with keeping us safe. If you're not going to even tell us that, you give us nothing. And if you give us nothing, then I need to take something from you. Person in dark robes with a gold mask and a haunting figure. So maybe that might be able to help you. Everybody, give me an observation roll. Come on, observation. And you need a you need two successes. Okay. So that is a that is one success. I got a one. That's a what's your focus? That means a double success. Uh, Aha! That is a two successes. Because you have the Conan dice. Yeah, one of Ashai's stocking stuffers was Conan dice. All right, Ashai, you see when he just says the mask, he will, uh, Bashor takes a step back and he, there's, a, there's a moment of pause. And he's and all of a sudden he goes, it's obvious that this woman is lying. Guards! And two of the guards from outside come in. The other two start stepping forward and he says, Priestess, if you have an issue with this, you can take it up with the king. But she's coming with me. What would a Tyranian girl know of this of this mask that upsets you so? Oh, okay. At that point, Bashur again. Uh, who? This is irrelevant. Take her. It proves that she's not lying. What is? What proves she's not lying? The fact that she knows about this mask, and clearly, your your yeah. clearly this mask means something to you. Would you mind sharing it with the group? You're talking to Bashur. Yeah, like clearly this mask means something. Well, okay, and so not, you want to? She's not talking out her ass. Lauren, go ahead and throw. You're going to throw the argument that you don't want Rana taken away to forever disappear no, into some terrible place. All that all that I've been doing is talking to her to decide if I am going to take her under my protection. You've already roughed her up, so it appears that she's got that something's clicking with this. Yeah. So why don't you? You can make a persuade or a counsel or a command. If you command the guards to stand down, that's they'll stop. If you persuade, you're trying to get Bashur to walk away. Um, if you counsel, that uh, counsel won't work in this one. It won't work. You're going to have to make one of those two rolls okay. to evoke the goddess's name and tell them to stop. Teddy, uh, now that it's been, you, you even you're recognizing now that Bashur is definitely concerned by the mention of a mask. I was going to ask if like I could use insight or something, but yeah, if because as a as a player, I'm like that guy's a little too quick to jump on things. Yeah, at this point, yep. The mask is concerned. Yeah, go ahead, but, give me an insight roll. I don't All right, know I'll roll for my persuade. Now your persuade, Lauren, is going to be a two. Do you want to take any of the group momentum to add to the dice? You can do it after you roll. I'm just um, rolling. Yeah, just roll first and then see what you need. I need two successes. And we're rolling under. You always roll under, but what are you trying to do? Are you commanding or are you persuading? We are persuading. Okay, so you're trying to persuade Bashur to stop. Yeah. To give up. Okay. It's going to be like a persuade man. 
like a persuade command had a baby. Uh, don't you love players? GMs, don't you love when we do this? Yeah. Can I do that too? Can I do two things in that one roll? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. A persuade command. <laughs> So I did. Go a, ahead. I did roll a twenty, clever. but I got zero successes on my insight. Yeah, you rolled a two and a nineteen. Yep. Got one success, but I am a priestess, so I can re-roll any of my dice. Two successes. The guards kind of give him that look of, "Yeah, this is a bad thing," and he says, "He turns to his men and he's like, I gave you a command. I gave you an order. She, she is the priestess of Ishtar.'" Chamberlain, this would not sit well. It's the the festival and technically has already begun at sundown. It's the the days marked for the calendar, the holy calendar. We we fear the goddess's wrath. Please, great Chamberlain, let us just be gone. The, the girl is not that important. Maybe not important. I decide who is important. I decide what is important. For sure, the festival of Ishtar has begun. This girl has invoked her name. Your men are right. I look to the guards. Your men are right to fear the wrath of my goddess. If anyone lays hands on this woman for the next three days that the festival reigns, wrath and destruction will fall upon you. She has invoked my protection. In the next three days, you will no doubtedly investigate, tear the city apart, to find this masked murderer of Lord Tosuto, and I will be further questioning this young woman. And perhaps, woman to woman, I'll be able to get more information out of her than whatever harsh treatments you had intended. So, if after three days we have not found this murderer, if after three days she has given me nothing, if after three days I still don't trust her, I'll give her back. But for the three days of my festival, she is not to be harmed. You are to take over the role as Supreme Priestess of Ishtar on the closure of this festival from your mother who has served faithfully King Hajana for the last two decades. Do not begin your reign, priestess, in the shadow of her greatness or as my enemy. This bitch will be returned to me for questionings of national security at the end of that time. Do I make myself clear? Perfectly. You and I are of the same mind. He snaps his hand, holding the scroll in front of you, kind of, and whisks his way out of the room, and the four guards follow him. There is proverb that even dog can get fleas from rats. Is best to let little rats scurry away when you can. Alchemist, I like you more and more. You don't speak often, but when you do, tis most profound. All right. So you're left in the room um, with the dead body. You have the only guard that heard Rana's confession originally is here, but now she's kind of let, you know, Bashur know that she was a spy as well. Uh, You have, there are things you can look around for. There is the balcony itself. You can examine that. Teddy can go back and try to figure out anything else off the body. And the room itself with the office is open. Yeah. Do you, so, Orin, do you command the guard to finally unt- untie Rana? Yeah, I mean, she's now, if she runs, she's no longer under the protection of Ishtar because, you know, she's not in the temple or with a priestess. So, yeah, whack her. She can't run now. Well, 
Yay! Well, she could. Uh, they wouldn't um, well. Maybe I'll go help you find clues in the office. I bet there's clues in the office I can help you find. Mayhap we should not let the spy into office of man she was sent to spy upon, my lady. I agree most wholeheartedly on that. Um, you're too eager, madam. Yes. So I'll just sit here in a chair. It's fine. I, yeah, she saved me as far as I'm concerned. Her and Teddy both. So I'm consent to just sit here in this chair and just kind of watch from the, this room to see see what I can do. Let's leave the guard in the room. I I've got nothing to I've got nothing to hide. So the guard in the room, it's like, uh, sir, if you please just uh ensure the safety of this young woman. Thank you. Her safety? He's like She's a she devil. She's she punched and kicked and she <laughs> she did not go down easily, m- 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 priestess. This was you want me to protect her? I was being delicate. I mainly meant that if she leaves this room, it would be unsafe in that the temple guards, the city guards, Bashor's personal men would hunt her down. So please ensure her safety in that she does not leave the room. Oh. Yes, priestess. All right. So first we'll do the search uh, in the office. Yeah. Go ahead and give me some observation rolls. Uh, and depending on how many successes you roll uh, will depend on what you find. So it's not that it's an automatic, it's a, a zero might get something anyway, if you're doing a, an observation, something very simple and a, a five would get you, you find the safe with the combination written on a small piece of paper next to it. So uh, two successes. Two. Yep. Okay. Did you want to burn a momentum f- to try to roll another die and really ramp that up? No, I sense things will get bad soon, so we're holding off. We're being conservative. Oh, you have a good sense. Um, okay, so uh, Teddy got one success. Yes, he did with no focus. So he's just getting a one. Did you want to burn any momentum as well, Mike? No, not yet. Okay, no, I am quite all right. So, Mike, you actually find on the desk, and it's fairly recent. It's dated today. Um, it, it was signed by Tusuto and it's, it's the only thing not kind of put in a pile. It's, it's sort of just sitting on the top of the desk. Everything else scrolls are retied. It seems that he was a meticulous man, uh, that he really went out of his way to keep his affairs regular and neat and orderly. The wall, uh, to the left of the scroll of, of the desk is all done in, in, in like little alcoves for scrolls and things. Um, and he has, you know, some some oil lamps that that burn there, very much similar to the Middle East. You know, where you light them almost like a genie's lamp, and it just slowly burns off the wick. Those are on the desk. Everything seems to be in its place, which one leads you to wonder what Basher was so frantic for. Because if everything was neat and organized, he should have found something fairly quickly. That was my follow up question. If there was anything that was obviously missing, obviously no. But you do see a receipt, and the receipt is for a from the wine merchant Teltrick, and it was for a wine delivery that had been <clears throat> appears to have been scheduled late th- that came late this afternoon. And the wax seal is is there, but it's not super adherent. Uh, it, it, you know, he like he stamped it to be paid, and um, it's sitting right on the top of his desk, not folded up. Is a priestess? There is apparently wine delivery 
this is a is it a sizable amount of wine is it just like uh casks is this the sort of gentleman who would be purchasing casks of wine for an entire festival or is this more a um this man likes his wine a little too much for that i'm turning to the omniscient storyteller <laughs> all right so give me a society role okay come on society uh one success just one yep you only needed a zero so you still build momentum for the team so that's good you're up to five yep you're allowed to, the five is your max uh right now that's the most you can have until you start having to spend and and, and work through it so because you have you'll have four characters total in the story so it's plus one you know the reason it was a difficulty zero is you know that Tosuto does enjoy wine, but by looking at this this amount, it's it's definitely obviously he was planning on entertaining during the festival. This is a big this is a this is a large amount. And the quality of the wine, uh the the price per cask is high. Because you've been ordering supplies for the festival of Ishtar itself. And um you you know that just by looking at the how much he spent that you know on each cask, it, it is a significant amount. Of Draconar or Drachmar or whatever it was. Okay. Um, Teddy, I do believe that uh, Chisuto was intending to entertain, uh, during, perhaps during the festival, with this wine. This is far more than would ever be needed for personal use. Um, I could find this is most interesting. Um, if he, You said he was poisoned? Stabbed? Yes, well, he was stabbed, and the stab wound had poison around it, so leads... To conclusion is poisoned knife. Poisoned knife. Terrible way to go. And there's no knife on her, supposedly a knife on the masked man that jumped over the balcony. I walk over to the balcony. Could somebody make this jump and not break an ankle? A skilled person could lower themselves down. So if let's say someone was about five and a half, six feet tall, plus your arms, you're talking seven feet. Now the drop is only two stories. Uh, They could have dropped onto a balcony below and done it again. Or they could have carefully climbed. There are plenty of handholds. Uh, the way the building is designed, where they a skilled climber could get up and down rather quickly. A skilled climber, maybe even like a spy. Okay, well, that's not lending purchase to Miss Rana's story. You hear from the other room. I, I, I can climb it if you want me to show you. How much? I'm sorry, I was gone for a minute. How much wine are we talking about? I mean, are we talking about like a serious amount of wine, or is it the the, the price of the wine? Uh, I, I I am just hearing this from the other room. Yeah, and uh, a if serious I heard amount that right. of pricey yeah. wine. Is, was that a Rana spy question or a Matt question? Huh. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, a, a serious amount of pricey of pricey wine. So that's what Teddy finds. A shy. Yes. You you also find something in the room, which uh, is a little odd. You find a muddy footprint uh, that was behind, that seems to be coming from uh, the curtains near the balcony. So as you moved your way out to the balcony and you stepped out, you came back in. It seems like there are two footprints there that are. It's just dried, flaky mud, um, which Shadazar has been in a dry spell for the last six days. It hasn't rained, so that would mean they came in with wet shoes in, but mud, not from that courtyard. That courtyard is almost paved yeah. the way it was stone uh, and, and marble outside. It's just magnificent. The house of coins. So it's somebody who there was dirt though on their shoe. 
and Rana is wearing like slippers, so it definitely doesn't look like anything she'd be wearing. In any case, I kind of I have the guard follow us because I can't like stop her if she wants to jump. But I just to prove it to the guard, I want him to see this too. It's like, um, Rana, uh, sir, if you could please, um, did anyone notice in the initial search of the room there's a footprint here? And clearly, it doesn't match the size of her foot. I'm just showing it. Like, look, it's not her foot. The guard says to you, we did not come into the office, priestess. We we stayed with the body, and, and I was I was keeping an eye on her. We we made no such search of this of this space. Uh, but only Bashur was the first one to enter. Right. Well, clearly there was someone sequestered back here. It was not her, and it hasn't rained in our fair city in several days. What would you make of this, then? He says, I don't know what to think, madam. I, 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 don't, I just don't know. I. Uh, this is not something... I, where would it come from? I, are there any tests that I can do, like, on the mud to see if there are any unique properties to it? Ah, come on, alchemy. Do you have your, uh, you have your alchemy bag with you, your, uh, your small box? I have uh, some small amount that I was able to uh, say, yeah, sure, I can make this concoction for you. So I must have. Yeah, you have your stuff with you. Kit with me, yeah. Yeah, that because the concoction would be interesting. Go ahead and do an alchemy check. All right. And I was reading. Nice. If I want, I can re-roll one of these dice. Beautiful. So I will re-roll that 19. Thank yes, you Yes, you much. will. <laughs> Ooh. And. Is that your focus? I'm checking. Oh, it's a three. Oh, so one too it. high. Just missed it. But that is okay. two successes. That's challenging. Yeah. So the mud definitely has, it has some properties to it. The It's now dry, almost dry dirt. I mean, it would, it would have been mud at some point, but the dry dirt has properties of high organic value of plant life. A garden, surrounding parts to the city, you don't know something, but there's a lot of plant material in it and very rich in like oxygen. So that's what you get out of the dirt. Like it's highly, it's definitely come from a place with a lot of foliage and undergrowth. So is possible from farm or some uh, garden? Is there a, a botanical area around here where to gain better access to this building, they would have possibly gone through botanical? There are a number of uh, gardens in in the city and around the House of Coin, uh, wealthy men like to display uh, their riches in our country's climate. Oftentimes they do that through elaborate uh, gardens, greenery. The excessive of the moneyed class, I shall never understand. So from the other room, the door opens and um, two men dressed with uh, very heavy, like very, for the time of year even, darker clothes, not silk made, spun like fabric, uh, black, their hoods are down and they start making their way in and the guard, you hear the guard talk for a minute and he shouts over to where you are in the, I'm, I'm sorry, he's with you in the office. He he says, um, priestess, I believe they are here to take the body away. Right. And these, are these men, uh, the Chamberlain's men, are they House of Coin guys, like city guard these are the what the, the you recognize them from their office. These are the actual healers, the, their their court like physicians, and uh, they they have a certain silver badge on you know that that designates them as court physicians. 
Before the body gets taken away real quick, uh, when I was inspecting the wound or whatever, did I also happen to like check his pockets or anything to see if there were any letters or anything on there? Oh, he was just buck naked. Oh, dear. Uh, no, well, no, he had he had like an after cover garment on, like if he just got out of the pool or a hot tub, just something thrown over. Um, yeah, underneath he was he was buck ass naked. A modest yeah. garment. He had a modesty garment on, yeah, right. something so like that. Nothing, nothing like in the pocket of his robes or anything like no, that. No, you didn't. No, nothing that, nothing there. And uh, Rana, from what you know of Zamora, these look like official, you know, custodians of healing or or the physicians to the court. Always thinking. No, 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 no. Nothing like what you saw before. Yeah, no. But very good catch. That was a good catch, Matt. So they they do come and they ask they ask you Ashai if he, they have permission to remove him and behind them is standing a young woman and she's dressed modestly uh, she has a bucket a, a brush and some some towels thrown over her shoulder uh, she's she's standing there waiting as well it looks like she wants to come in and start you know scrubbing and cleaning the room back putting it back together I give the go ahead for the for the healers to. Um, remove the body and begin tending to it. And I, I address the serving girl, um, the, the servant. Um, my dear, thank you for your service. Um, I apologize that it's a grisly sight that you're going in uh, to witness and deal with. There is a, a muddied footprint in the office. That is not to be cleaned. And I, um, I look to the guard. You will tell your captain of this and have it shown to the chamberlain, to the person running the investigation, Fortisuto's killer. This is a piece of potential evidence that has been overlooked. Okay. She, she says, of, 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 of course, Priestess, priestess, priestess I, I will take care of that immediately. Um, I will make sure that no one enters the office to clean. I, I only clean here. So the bodies get the body gets picked up. Um, they unfold this this stretcher that they had out in the hallway. They bring it back in. It's got just a piece of of you know fabric in between two two slats, like a litter, just to carry them out. They put they pick up his body, put it on, and uh, they say to you, Ashai, they say. We will do a full examination, Priestess. Do you wish the findings also sent to the office at Temple? Absolutely. Fully detailed. Um, my my scribe will take it down. Thank you. He walks, they, they say, of course. And they make their way out. Not in any rush. Everything appears to be normal. This this young girl, Latha, she's, she's cleaning up. She's picking things up. And she's she stands there overlooking. She says, um, do you... You, you, where are the footprints, mistress? Because I remember the young, the young man here. He, when they dropped the wine, he, he had been uh, in the office, and he had looked covered. He, um, I had to sweep after he was here as well. Do could it be him, perhaps, that made this, this, this dirt, this, 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 this mess? Upon hearing that, Teddy would like to grab a clean piece of parchment off of the desk. Okay. And take a little brush from his alchemical kit, just kind of dip it in water to get like the muddy footprint uh -huh. a little bit muddy again, and just try to make like a pressing of it. 
Oh, there's not that much. Not for a, a, a pressing of the mud or the footprint. Um, just to almost like a reverse fingerprint, like to try and get the mud impression on the parchment, not like a plaster casting. Go ahead, go ahead give me a roll under alchemy. Rana, you're you're free to walk around. I mean, is there anything you wanted to do as well when you hear this that about this guy? Do you want to ask any other questions or anything? I'm gonna re-roll one of those. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a critical. That's two success. successes. Yeah. So you did okay. Uh, yeah, you're able to recapture the mud, a, a portion of it. It, it. I mean, there's no way you'd be able to make a full footprint because it was crumbles of mud. I mean, it was. You know, you're not getting a shoe size or anything like that, but you definitely got an impression of the mud into onto the the, the parchment itself. And I'll let that kind of air dry out a little bit before yep. I try to tuck it away into my bag. Okay. Can I get clarification on she just because the the young girl had a stutter? Yeah. So there was a guy that dropped wine. Um, yes, and then he was in the office. So if he was in the office, he could have been dropping off an invoice. An invoice that Teddy did find just recently on the desk, speaking about a large quantity of vats of wine, very, very good wine. But he left the invoice and it was stamped, but he didn't take the invoice with him. The invoice is still there. Okay. And this was before, like, obviously this was before the murder. So this was earlier in the evening. Yes, absolutely. Before the murder. Does it have a name on it? Like for the... Yep, it says uh, it's the Teltrick, Teltrick the wine merchant. Okay, so maybe it's a good idea to pay him a sort of visit. Um, yes, mistress. I turn to Rana. Uh, Rana, you... What sort of information were you tasked with acquiring? Uh, actually, it's sort of the information you've, you've already found, <laughs> mistress. I'll, I'll be sure, I, I, I can, I can tell you that. Nothing terribly harmful. Uh, basically, uh, I was to find if, if, if there was evidence of him about to, uh, start to finance a, uh, a campaign, and I'm, I'm thinking that the chances are that he might have been through somebody. Uh a campaign, a political campaign, a military campaign? Uh, I believe a military campaign. Um, mm-hmm. Storyteller, do I know anything about this? Um, no. No? You've heard nothing of Zamora going to war. You do know that King Hadronar likes to keep um, troops on the march constantly to shift his borders. He doesn't he has fortresses, obviously, around, across his borders and, and, and forts and things. Um, he doesn't leave men in one place long. He He's constantly moving pockets of men around because he just believes soldiers need to march and move and, and they don't want to lay roots because then they start making babies and getting homesick. And he likes to keep his men very mobile. Okay. And But yet that does make his neighbors a little bit nervous. Uh, that But that's a reputation Zamora has. They... Their cavalry moves, you know, every day so many men ride this way, they ride that way. He's constantly shifting the, the, the map of battle so no one can make plots against him. Right. It's almost panic-like. It's interesting that you say you're going to collect this information when our troops are so perpetually mobile. Yes, um, 
this the, just just from what I've heard, you know, I, I was just sitting here in a room, <laughs> but it did seem like sound like he bought a lot of vast vast quantities of some very high quality wine, perhaps in a uh, uh, in in anticipation of a celebration. Uh, go on. Uh, yes, um, perhaps uh, maybe in celebration of of launching. Or uh, or succeeding in in a in a late summer campaign, we we know there is vast quantities of wine that pass through the gates, you know, of of a of this city during this time, and a lot of it does tend to go unchecked uh, because of so many, you know, so so, so many uh, barrels of uh, of wine that, that passes through the city. You know, I I, I dabble in, in in being a merchant mistress. I I know how how the trade goes. Uh, perhaps I, I I might have even I might even be able to know about this. Yeah, go ahead and give person. me a society roll, uh, Ron. Let's see what you got. Gotcha. Wow. I had a focus, right? Wow. Yeah, you know exactly where the Teltric, where the wine merchant is. He's one of the largest in Shadazar. Yes, like I said, uh, I have a be most honored and be able to help you with this investigation and talking to Teltrick about why he purchased so much wine, so much, so much high priced wine. I, it's, it seems to me like he's, an, he's, the, he's about to celebrate uh, the beginning or ending of something to me. It could simply be that he's entertaining during the upcoming festival. It could be related to what you say. Um, so you're a spy and a merchant. Well, I'm a merchant who keeps her ears open. Let's say a that. merchant who keeps her ears open and infiltrated the House of Coin in Shadazar. Well, it, there's wealth to be found in information as well, mistress. Right. Well, you've you've given me an idea, um, Rana, which brings me to why I've invited this um, alchemist here. Uh, I was starting to wonder. Uh, yes. I just enjoy your company, so the reason... That is understandable as well. Tetty, if you could please um, prepare what we spoke of. It would be this one's most humble honor. I will need some time and materials to accomplish this task, as I am sure you can imagine no honorable merchant, and he takes a slight bow as he says that, would carry such ingredients on his person as a matter of course. So, we can't have it now? It would take it would take you some time? I, I, once I have ingredients, would take maybe an hour or so. To gather such ingredients, I would need to go back to my mule, which has the majority of my stores strapped upon its back. Right, and your mule is still located at the temple, correct? I would, uh, I should certainly hope so. Uh, it could be brought to you, Lauren. That's not a problem. The mule, the, somebody can go get him his mule if he's okay with them bringing. Yeah, you, you mean you can command him to bring it right to him? I, I didn't. I didn't take it. I've been here. Lana has not <laughs> taken the mule. If somebody. If somebody would be so kind as to fetch Rora to me, then I will be able to make your concoction in short notice. That would be wonderful. I, you know, imperiously 
call for someone bring me this guy's mule. Yeah, Jakku comes in and he says, "Of course, I'll, I'll have someone get it right away, Priestess. Just just a few moments. It will only take us a, a few minutes to bring it from Temple. So he sends somebody. They they send a runner out. The mule's back in fifteen minutes. Um, food is brought to the room. Uh, Lafa asks if if you know, would you like some wine, food? She brings a cheese plate with fruit, just because you know it's after hours, and uh, she brings a light." summer type wine for you guys to wash it down if anybody's hungry. I don't know if you want to feed Rana, but I'm sure you and Teddy need something. I mean, I am a priestess. I am merciful and terrifying. Yes. He's as of now she's under my protection, so yes, she gets to eat. Teddy will drink some wine and eat some plain bread. <laughs> or not wine, water. I meant to water. say water. I have okay. a glass of wine, but Teddy will drink water. All right, so your stuff is so your mule is brought out, you know, brought to you immediately, Teddy. No problem, and uh, you make your way. They they bring you downstairs where the mule has been treated with reverence and respect and tied up properly, and you can go ahead and get all your stuff together. I join him as we go toward the the mule. Okay. No, no disrespect, your priestessness, but is trade secrets. I am sworn. Literally on pain of death to not divulge trade secrets to outside of the guild. Oh, I'm not. Uh, Teddy, I'm not interested in your trade secrets, I understand. Um, there are secrets of my trade, inner mysteries, there are mysteries of yours. I seek not to delve into those. I'm simply asking, when this concoction you're preparing, I require something that will. When given to an individual several days later um, end their life if an antidote is not provided but something that we could prevent from killing someone. Do you follow me? Yes, quite. I I very much understand what you are asking. My only follow-up question is how much misery are you wanting them in in intervening time? Do we want them to feel as if nothing has happened until the allotted time? Or do we want them to understand that their time is starting to run short unless they do whatever you require for them to receive antidote? I like that one. That like one's that. much easier to make, so it's no problems. Wonderful. Um, I ask of you a second thing. Make something completely harmless, because if I'm going to get this girl to ingest something harmful, I would like all of us, the three of us, to ingest something. But obviously you and I need not be affected by whatever we're giving the spy upstairs. I can certainly do that. What are your favorite flavors? I can go... Strawberry is going to look very much like what we are giving Rona. Uh, grape, not so much. Do you have preference? Um, I, can't, I love the nuts. Not so much. Not so much. <laughs> this is great. I'm like I'm custom making poison. It's like being in a candy store. Um, this is great. Let's go with whatever's going to be inconspicuous with what we're already dining upon. Or third option. Oh, we can all take poison, and then I just give us antidote behind Dorona's back. That's fine as well. This um, way, we do not have to worry about shenanigans where Rona says, I do not be trusting. I want yours. You take mine. You're a most educated man. 
And I have unfortunately been put in this position before, and it has not always played out great. So I, sometimes you need to learn things on the fly. Uh, t- all right. Um, as long as, I mean, you'll be ingesting said poison and. Yes, I shall make three identical batches before we will return to Rona. I shall give you antidote, and then just later this evening, when you are in bedchambers, you take antidote. Love it. Um, very well. I will leave you to your trade secrets, and I will go upstairs with my newest charge. So that will do it for our first installment of Conan, the Devil in the Swamp. Um, we have a lot going on. It doesn't appear it yet, but um, listeners, you're going to be surprised. The combat is definitely coming fast and furious next session. We've already recorded it. We know what happens. Um, and we already have a, a situation developing. It appears that not everyone in Shadazar is as excited by the Festival of the Huntress as the ladies of Shadazar are. Uh, men feel a threat to their position of power. Uh, we have a spy who was infiltrated from a rival country looking for information to see if King Hadronar, uh, famously noted in Robert E. Howard's text as the king of Zamora, whether or not he's preparing to march against Ophir and his other neighbors, which at this point are um, allies to Aquilonia. Uh, there's there's so many things that are about to unravel, and it's all going to happen very fast. Unlike some of the other shows we do, we wanted to mimic this into a Howard story, so it had to be short, punchy, uh, very action-packed. And I assure you, from here on in, there's going to be a lot of combat, um, a lot of bodies flying. And and we also have the whole situation, as looking back on this episode, of one of the companions, so to speak, who are gathering by fate or fortune. Uh, poisoning another one. So, so we're already seeing there's intrigues and plots uh, already starting to occur. So we thank you for joining us. Um, this has been a lot of fun. A couple things happening for us right now that I'm sure you're aware. We're still very much involved in Cthulhu and Cairo. Hellfire Nights uh, is also deep into its uh, stories through chapter one, but coming closer to a close. So all these things are happening at the Bardic College. We also are hoping to have our D&D game finally up and running and uh, behind the sc- GM screen. So that's five shows plus our Patreon, uh, which we would love for you to join if if you would be generous enough or if you could, can afford in these hard times to be generous enough. Anything, a dollar is fine. We patronage at $3, but if you can only afford a dollar, we appreciate that as well. It all goes towards a good cause and to make these shows better and better for you and to just help us with the content along the way and some of the monthly costs that are involved in doing this. So from all of us here at the Bardic College, from my players, I want to say thank you for joining us for the uh, rendition of the first chapter of Conan. This is the first chapter in a series, but there's only going to be eight shows of this. So don't get too attached to these people. They could be disappearing rather quickly. But um, until next time, folks, this is Raz signing off and saying thank you very much. Good night.